0: Blog Talk Radio. Saturday, August 20th, 2016, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show, where you're source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and I thought that I would be joined by my co-host, Dee, but some things where it came up. Um, I actually got a call from Dee maybe about 20 minutes ago, and this time I am happy to report it's not because either one of us has a sick family member or because either one of us are sick, but um, she's actually getting her truck worked on, and it kind of went over much longer than she thought. So I think she's with her brother and his friend right now, and they're trying to, like, work on a truck, but they had to go and get a part. And some stuff like that, so there would be no way that she was going to make it home in time to do the show, which I really hate that I miss her, but um, hopefully she will be back with us next Saturday, so it's just me. Um, Okay, um, for you guys who were listening last week, you kind of know it was a bit crazy for me, you know, I I had my sick family member kidney stones, oh Not a good thing. So luckily, they're doing a lot better than they were. They did pass the stone. They didn't have to have any surgery. They were thinking that they may have to have some outpatient surgery to remove it, but it didn't come down to all that. So the dust is finally starting to settle. And you know what? What I'm going through right now, I'm sort of having some fall madness right now. This is last – not last month, but last year when me and Dee were on, and it happened about this time last year. It's like it always seems to happen in, like, mid to late August. But I kind of want to say it's not totally my fault. I guess in some ways it is because I just like autumn anyway. But you've got Walmart. They're putting, like, all their fall decorations out, and they have the fall candy. Michael's is sending me emails with the coupons with all the different fall decorations, and I love making wreaths and all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of like, you know, between all the advertisements and, of course, Bath and Body. Don't Get Me Started on Bath and Body. They are releasing – well, actually, they've already released a lot of their um, fall scents, you know, so I've just kind of been losing it over that kind of stuff. So I'm having to kind of reel myself back in because I keep having to say, okay, Jay, it is not even September yet. But, you know, I get excited about it anyway in August. But, you know, what I was thinking about and had Dee been on here – I think what I'd like to do is maybe have a pop-up episode dedicated to fall where we can, you know, talk about, you know, decorations. And in Dee's case, she loves boots. She loves, like, buying boots when it gets cool and stuff. And I like boots too, but that's what she really goes crazy over, boots and scarves and stuff. And I enjoy the decorations and the fall fragrances and baking and all that kind of stuff because I am trying some pumpkin cream cheese cupcakes in October, toward the end of October. I will be doing that. But because this is a pet radio show, that's why I'm going to have to, you know, can all of that. But um, stay tuned. I think we may do a pop-up episode next month kind of dedicated to some fall topics. Okay, so today's episode tackles the, the ivory trade, and it is entitled The Fuss About Tusk, The Horrors of the Ivory Trade. But before we begin, I want to give out the answers to yesterday's pet trivia question. Okay, and I, um, I actually put those out on yesterday's blog post. For those of you who are new to the show and don't know about the blog, you can always catch our blog at blogspot.com and that's S-H-E-S-A. T-O-R-T-I-E, and I usually put out the Pet Trivia questions on Fridays, but sometimes that can vary. Okay, so the subject of yesterday's Pet Trivia questions was the fox, so the animal we're going to be talking about is the fox, not, not the subject of the show, but this is for the Pet Trivia. Okay, question number one is, are foxes part of the canine family, and if so, do they bark? And see, this is one of the parts where I really miss D, because I guess probably a lot of you know that when I do the pet trivia questions, I don't, I don't actually include D in making them up because I kind of want it to be a surprise for her too. Because as I'm asking you guys, I'm also like asking her, so it's always a surprise to her, and and it's it's kind of cool to have her try to figure them out, but she's not here, so I'm just gonna like give out the answers. Um, the answer to that one is yes, they are a part of the canine family, and no, they do not bark. So that unlike a traditional dog, they don't bark. They mostly rely on nonverbal communication like posture and tail wagging. But when they do get verbal, they may scare the crap out of us <laughs> because one of their sounds is similar to a human screaming. So no, the fox doesn't bark, but it can sound very much like a human scream might be neat to kind of have one of them around during the month of October. Hmm. There's a thought, Halloween time. Okay, next question. How fast can foxes run for short periods of time? And that answer is about 23 miles per hour, which is pretty fast, much faster than a human can run. Um, I would figure. I don't know about Olympic medalists, and congratulations to those who um, won in the Olympics. Um Okay, next question. What is a baby fox called? And the answer is a kite, just like the kind that you fly. They're called a kite. I didn't know that, so that was interesting to find out. Okay, here's a true or false. Foxes hunt in packs. So, okay, remember they're part of the canine family, so you might be tempted at first to say the answer would be yes, but the answer is actually false. Um, Foxes like to hunt alone, so no, they do not hunt in packs. Okay, and here is the last question, and it's another true or false. It has been rumored that foxes kill just for the thrill of it, and that answer is also false. That's just an ugly lie. (laughs) They kill other animals for survival and nothing more. So, no, they don't just kill for the thrill of it. They will kill more food than they need, though, but they just bury it and hide it to eat later when they are hungry or when they're hungry again at a later time. So there you have it, some fast fox, fast fox facts. And, um, and just remember, still check us out. You know, each week we have other um, pet trivia. We have other pet posts at com. If you'd like to join in today's conversation, you can always hit us up at 347-838-8313, or you can always listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's authority links from information used in today's episode can be found after the show on our twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missy show or on our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 okay on to the fuss about tusk and as i was mentioning um before in one of my blog posts it's getting it's getting kind of dark again, but I haven't heard any rumbles of thunder, so I think we're okay but um just sometimes here in in the south in the area where uh, we we are on the Gulf Coast, we get these thunderstorms that kind of pop up, but I think we're good so but I do need to cut on a lamp because I can't sleep, okay, here we go. So first off, what is ivory? What's the big deal about ivory? Why is it so important? But a lot of people may not even know exactly what ivory is. Um, I think most of us know that it comes from tusks, but I just wanted to let you guys know, you know, specifically, you know, what is ivory. Um, All ivory comes from the teeth of mammals. Mammal teeth have three layers. The outer layer is made of hard enamel. The middle layer consists of a softer material called dentin. The inner layer is made of nerves and blood vessels that feed the tube. It is the middle layer, the dentin, that is referred to as ivory. Ivory is not a solid material. It contains a series of very small tubes filled with a wax-like liquid. This structure makes ivory fairly easy to carve. And it also gives polished ivory a warm, glowing tone. This tone is why it is so prized. Now, ivory does come from different sources. I think the most common one that we know about are from elephants. But you can also get ivory from walruses. You can also get ivory from rhinos, hippos, and um, an animal called a narwhal, which is a type of whale. Um, But the most common source would be from elephants. Um, Elephants use their tusks for digging roots, moving fallen trees, and for fighting. This heavy use causes the outer layer of enamel to wear away. This exposes the dentin or the ivory. Because carvers do not have to dissolve or chip through a layer of hard enamel to get to the ivory, elephant tusks are an especially desirable source of ivory. Another reason elephant tusks are so valued as a source of ivory is because of their size the largest elephant tusks ever collected were 10 feet in length and weighed 225 pounds. So, of course, it it looks like they produced the the largest um, tusk because we've seen walrus tusks, and and theirs can be a pretty decent size. But um, with walruses, it says that theirs rarely grow longer than three feet and weigh more than about or weigh more than about five pounds. So when you think about, like, um, the walrus tusks compared to the elephants, you would see why theirs is more prized. And also, it's like they said, it's easier to carve the tusk of um, an elephant. Walruses, by the way, are the second most common source of ivory. And the rarer source is the whale tooth, and that's what's coming from the um, The unicorn of the sea, which is, um, I did a pet trivia post on that one, and that is the narwhal. So you do have some of the more um, Eskimo and um, Aleutian tribes that, you know, gather that source of it. There with me. I want to go to another source here. Um, This was also interesting to me. Um, This article is Ivory Tusk, A Blessing and Curse, and this is regarding elephants. Um it says one of the key differences between African and Asian elephants is tusks. All African elephants, male and female, have tusks, whereas only some Asian males have tusks. And about 50% of Asian females have short tusks, known as tushes, which have no pulp inside. And the tusks on um, most mammals are enlarged canine teeth. But in elephants, they're elongated incisors, and it's really weird. But when you when all the times I've seen tusks on an elephant, I would have never thought about those actually being teeth. But that's all tusks are. You know, I I could kind of see it more with the walrus. But perhaps because the elephants' tusks are kind of you know curved, I I didn't see them as being teeth. Um, and now what are tusks used for? Um. Elephant husks are used for a variety of tasks. Let's see. No, I think this is going into what the elephants themselves use it for. But human beings, the reason why they want them, they they use them for keys on pianos. You have a lot of, had a lot of that going on. Um, They're also used to make billiard balls. They're also used to carve, you know, religious figurines. They're used for chopsticks. Um, they have a, a number of different uses that, that human beings find them useful for. Um, let's see. I want to go here. Bear with me, guys. I had a couple of different things here that I wanted to talk about. Now, he, here's my thing. I, you know, I'm I'm an animal person, of course. So I just can't stand the thought of an animal having to lose its life basically over its teeth. Because when you stop and think about it, tusks are nothing more than these animals' teeth, it will be like the equivalent of someone killing human beings just to get our teeth. You know, that, that is, it makes no sense to me. Um, and this is sort of a true or false thing here, too, that I got off of a site called The Dodo for the Love of Animals. Um, and it says a tusk can be removed with, without killing the elephant, and that is absolutely false. It says in fact, a broken tusk, which is common, can lead to a life-threatening infection. but poachers use darts, poison, and high powered automatic rifles with night scopes to take elephants down, and while they're dying, the tusks are gouged out from the living elephant's skull the elephants die in agonizing slow death from hemorrhage and i was just looking at some very disturbing pictures of elephants after they've had their tusks removed because the thing another thing that um i didn't know and i'm sure most of us don't know is that um all of the all of what we see you know we see the visible part of the tusk but that's not all there is to it there's more of it that's actually up in the elephant's head connected to its skull um, that we don't see. So they're actually having to gouge that out and and get all of it. So, you know, it's just like a visible part of the tusk. That's only just a a fraction of what you see. Um, Let's see, what else did I want to – I wanted you guys to know regarding the tusk. They are with me here. And this is just a little cute fact, not, not anything about the ivory um, trade is cute, not, not that part, but actually elephants are white right or left-tusk non- dominant, just like human beings can be right or left-handed. Um, like humans, elephants have a preference over which tusk they use for their primary jobs, such as breaking branches, digging for water, ripping bark off trees. You can tell which tusk is dominant by looking at it, um, the most used tusk will be shorter and rounder at the tip. So I thought that was an interesting fact. Um, but here's something else that really makes me angry. Um, there is an alternative to ivory. That This is very true, but yet you still have these poachers um, who are killing these elephants, not just elephants, they're killing walruses, they're killing other things, but mainly elephants. There is an alternative to ivory. Um, There's something called synthetic celluloid ivory, also called French ivory, and it can be crafted to the same standards as genuine ivory, and its price in China is less than 20% of real ivory. Um, A palm-like tree called tagua gives us 7 to 20-inch nuts that can be carved like ivory and are used for everything from jewelry to umbrella handles, an inexpensive and renewable alternative. And I was looking at some pictures of it, and, I mean, you know, just looking at it, it looks just like, you know, just regular ivory, you know. So there are alternatives to it. So, you know, why keep killing these animals when there are other alternatives? Um, and then it was like, well, what about piano keys? Um, do elephants still need to die for those? And the answer is still no. There are alternatives. You know, you have plastic and resin, um, and evolved musicians won't use anything but non-ivory keys. Because, you know, I I didn't really do any research on that. So, I mean, who's to say that ivory piano keys are so much better than non-ivory? I I don't know that ivory piano keys make the music sound any sweeter than using non-ivory. So it just, you know, it's mind-boggling that these animals have to die when there are alternatives. You know, that that just, that angers me a lot. Um, There is... A ban on the ivory trade. Um, and here's the deal in 1979, it, um, there were an estimated 1.3 million African elephants, just to put this in perspective. A decade later, widespread poaching had reduced that figure by more than half. So just about 600,000 African elephants remained. Africa's savannas and forests were no longer sanctuaries for elephants, they had been turned into graveyards. By 1989, a worldwide ban on ivory trade was approved by CITES, and hang on, I can tell you what that stands for. It's C I T E S, and that is short for Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species. So, um, so they put a worldwide ban on ivory in 1989, um, and it says, had they saved the African elephant, really? Um, this site, which is bloodyivory.org, they say since 1997, there have been sustained attempts by certain countries to weaken the ban. In 1999, Botswana, Namibia, and Zimbabwe were allowed an experimental one-off sale of over 49,000 kilograms of ivory to Japan. Then in 2002, a further one-off sale was approved, which finally took place in 2008 and resulted in 105,000 kilograms of ivory being shipped to China and Japan. Today, levels of poaching and illegal trade have spiraled out of control once again. In many areas, rates of poaching are now the worst they have, ever, they have been since 1989. In 2011, just 13 of the largest seizures amounted to over 23,000 kilograms, breaking all records since the ivory ban. In July 2012, sites recognized that elephant poaching had reached unsustainable levels, not only in small, unprotected populations, but also among larger populations traditionally regarded as safe. Between October 2012 and January 2013, over a 12-week period, 12 tons were seized in just four incidents And 2013 itself witnessed the largest amount of ivory ever seized in consignment of 500 kilograms or more. To date, poaching and trafficking in ivory is the highest level in 25 years. Between 2009 and June 2014, criminal networks trafficked as much as 170 tons of ivory. The price of ivory has skyrocketed from $5 per kilogram in 89 to a wholesale price of twenty one hundred kilograms in China um, in 2014 with retail prices much higher I mean come on guys it's here here's the deal I, I I feel the way about blood diamonds all all of this type of stuff it's just like it's just it's nonsense I mean just so we can say oh I have a pretty trinket I have a pretty ring I have piano keys with um, they're made out of real ivory. Is it worth killing these animals over? And even if you don't want to use the other um, sources of ivory, there, I, I would feel like there would have to be another way. Couldn't, couldn't we find a way where perhaps we could only get the ivory once an elephant has just already passed away? Isn't there some type of way where ivory could just be obtained from an elephant that is just freshly deceased or something like that, or a walrus that is freshly deceased? Does it have to be that we actually have to kill the animal to get the ivory? And, and just why? Just, just to make trinkets? You know, I was reading something where I think they were saying that the um, narwhal ivory was used to make spoons or um, silverware at one point. And it's just like when you just stop and think about the silliness that, that we use the ivory for. It's just like it's not worth these animals' lives. It, it just makes absolutely no sense. Um, let me see here something else going through here you have to be careful about silence that's not a good thing on radio but um, yeah it, even if you just do an online search and you just you know google images of elephants that have been slaughtered for their ivory you can just see it's a very barbaric practice it, it's barbaric And um, I was even reading that if you already have ivory, like older ivory, it's still not good to try to put that up for sale because you would think, well, what's the harm? That elephant has long been dead or whatever anyway, but that's still driving the desire for it because even by like, okay, well, I have antique ivory, you know, by by you selling it, you know, there are still going to be unsavory individuals who, are still going out killing elephants or killing walruses, you know, and, and there there are ways that they can make, like, newer ivory look as though it's antique, you know, so even by trading and or, or selling ivory that you may already have from, like, 25 or 30 years ago, you're still just driving that. So, I mean, if you own something ivory at this point, just keep it, but don't, don't sell it. You don't want to encourage that, you know, because if people would just, stop buying ivory, stop stop buying goods made out of ivory, it would die. You know, there would be no more demand for it because it, it's just horrible what these animals have to go through. Um, let's see. And for billiard balls and just, just when you just look at some of the stuff that, that we're using it for, it just makes absolutely no sense at all. Um and when I look at the pictures of these elephants, they're such beautiful animals, and they're so majestic, and and just when I look at what I, – I didn't even know what all they used their tusks for, um, but they um, – let's see. Yeah, they, they use it for digging, stripping bark, moving things out of the way. And I mean, we already use elephants anyway because you have um trained logging elephants that are capable they lift large logs with their tusks. I mean, so we already we use them in surfaces, we use them for logging purposes, you know. Um, at what point can we just let these animals just just be? You know, and, and this, I, I just think the ivory trade is very disgusting. Um, I'm going to be sure to post um, links to all the articles that I got this information from. I just, um, it will be important to do this episode so you guys could know more about it. I think people kind of know about it maybe just on a periphery level, but you don't really know about it full on. You've never really looked at it in the face. And this would even an eye-opener for me, so I'll definitely be posting all the links after the show. Um, I'm going to get off my soapbox now, but I I just wanted to, you know, put all this information out there. Since it's just me on today, um, I'll just try not to bore you guys with just reading all the stuff. I would rather just put it out there and let you guys take it in for yourself. Um, Just wanted to thank you all once again for tuning in. Be sure to join us next Saturday. We are going to be focusing on... Ooh, foster. Yeah, fostering pets. So this is going to be our home away from home episode. So we should be on next week at our same time of 5 p.m. Central. So make sure you join us, and hopefully Dee will be back with us. And I hope you guys have a awesome weekend. I think I'm just going to cut it short a little bit. I think I have maybe about three or so minutes left, but I'm going to cut it short and go ahead and get those links out there to you guys so you can read about this. Um. It's always kind of hard doing the heavier episodes, but they are important, you know, because that's why with this show we want to do a fine balance of, you know, fun yet informative pet topics because there are some serious issues that go on in the animal world, and we want to get those out there to you in addition to the fun topics. So join us next week when we're talking about um, being a foster foster pet parent And also remember that after that, we will be taking a one-week hiatus in celebration of Labor Day weekend. So until next weekend, I will see you guys at 5 p.m. Central. And remember, check out the blog. I will do another um, featured pet post, pet trivia, and also be looking for that pop-up fall episode sometime in September. Until next time, you guys have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye.